0: You are listening to Agent Court Church's audio podcast. For more information on Agent Court Church, including service times, how to connect, and campus locations, please visit our website at onechurch.to. Well, good morning. This morning is going to be the first of four opportunities that Pastor Jonathan and I are going to give you to hit the reset button. Today, reset your boundaries. Now, what just came to mind when you heard me say, boundary? Or when you just sort of think a little bit deeper or more about a boundary? How many, when you think of boundaries, you think of restrictions, right? Restraint, boundaries hold me in, there's a loss of freedom. What comes to our mind when we think of boundaries depends more than anything else on the kind of parenting that we had. If you had very permissive, laissez-faire parenting where they just said, ah, not a lot of boundaries, you know, not much routine, not many expectations, uh, not many rules to go by, just, you know, uh, we're, we're told that that can really get dangerous if there isn't love. Some people will come out all right from a permissive parenting background if there's love, but if there isn't love there, then you're neglected. You're sort of left on your own to raise yourself. There's another kind of parenting that background that some of us would have come to in this room that was maybe more this way, authoritarian. And, and there were routines, there were rules, there, there were expectations that the parents had for us, but, uh, you know, it, If we were loved, we're told that's the best kind of background to come from. Where there's authority, you know who the parents are, and they give you guidelines and rules and uh, expectations. If you're loved, that's the best kind of background to come from. But if you come from an authoritarian parental background, where they are legalistic and rigid, and just, you know, choke out creativity, and you live in fear and legalism, that that does a lot of damage to a person. Now, it's the same for churches too, isn't it, when you think about it. If you go to church, oh, it doesn't matter how you live, it just, it's just permissive, God loves us all, big and small, God bless us all, blah, blah, blah. You know, if you come from that, then that's one kind. If you come from a legalistic background where it's just, you're spying on each other, it's just legalistic and you're just holding everybody just accountable to what you think they should be doing, then that's a very damaging background. So, when I say boundaries, what do you think of? Do you sort of go, well, permissive or authoritarian? Do you go to neglected? Legalistic. Where do you go? Now, just think about it, because I thought about this uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was getting ready for you. I was thinking, what were the two churches in the Bible that best represented, you know, this permissive kind of a a background? No rules. Just just no boundaries. Just freedom. Freedom to worship. Do whatever you want in worship. Matter of fact, how many know what church I'm talking about already? You showed up for worship, there were no boundaries, there were just all kinds of uh, people just doing their own thing, talking over top of each other, their meetings were chaotic. And if you went to their communion services, where they had the love feast, the agape feast as they called it in the first century church, after the communion service, uh, you might go to a potluck dinner, but if you were poor, you were out of luck because you got no dinner. I mean, that was the kind of, you know, there is a freedom to do to get what we want and to think of ourselves. Matter of fact, one of the issues that the Apostle Paul addresses in this church that has freedom with no boundaries is that they they feel that they're very free to condone a case of incest without even holding the people accountable to the damage that they are doing and the example that they are setting. And so you see this lack of boundaries that this church that Paul writes to, it results in division, hurt, confusion, immorality, lack of love, and even silliness. How many know I'm talking about the church in Corinth? He, here's a direct quote from Paul. He says, if you do not have love, you have nothing. You know, I was thinking uh, yesterday about names of churches. A lot of churches get their names because of the location that they're in. That's what we do. It's sort of a, a good way to go. I, you know, it's the way we've gone. Agent Court, Claire Lee, our, our, our two campuses. I, I spoke last night. It was recorded. It was played at Claire Lee this morning. So they're hearing the same message that that you are. I'm teaching them this morning as well. So Agent Court, Claire Lee. But it's very interesting to... Uh, See the names of churches in communities where they name their church after the community that they're in, especially if the name of that community is boring. <laughs> there is a boring Seventh-day Adventist church. There is. Well, look at this. One. Little Hope Baptist Church. <laughs> I love this one in Missouri. It's called Halfway Baptist. <laughs> we're not, you know, we're sort of... anyway. The, and then you've got some names that focus on the church's mission. You sort of get the idea, oh, we're not that, we're this, okay? So you have one church, its name is Oasis. You have another church, its name is Revolution. You're just like... Listen, how, how would you love to, be able to invite someone out to this church? Want to come Sunday? The church's name is The Spa, all right? Want to come with me to The Spa? You know, like just... There's another church that's called Battleground. (laughs) You imagine going to the spa one week, the battleground the next? Anyway, just just all kinds of ideas go through a mind like mine. Anyway, what are you going to name the church in Corinth? Here's a name that I came up with, the Permissive Church of Freedom. They've got freedom without boundaries. Now... What about a church in the Bible that Paul writes to that is more along the line of, you know, that authoritative, legalistic leadership? Sort of reflecting that kind of legalistic, rigid, structured, choking parenting. Uh, Some of you already think, you know what church I'm going to go for, and you're probably right. Here are some clues, though. They, They require Gentiles to follow the Jewish religious laws. You know, if you're going to follow Jesus Christ and have freedom, we want you to, first of all, go back and follow those dietary and religious and, and, and laws that God gave uniquely to the old covenant community in, in terms of seeing his Messiah come to earth. Even laws like the circumcision of the male uh, affecting that part of the body related to being part of a community that would bring about the Messiah someday. So they've got all of these rules and regulations. Those, watch this, boundaries without freedom led to abuse of power, fear, and alienation. Paul observes that he says, You people, how many of I'm talking about the church in? Galatia, that's right. He, he says, You Galatians, he says, You're choking out two essentials of the gospel. Joy and grace. You're choking them out. Here's a direct quote from Paul's letter to them. He says, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I call them the authoritative church of legalism. They have boundaries without freedom. So what are we going to do? If one extreme is authority that goes too far and it becomes legalism, if another one is, you know, permissiveness that goes to an extreme where it's just neglect of taking a responsibility, what are we going to do? Because we hear on the Bible and people, you can get Christians all riled up and say, freedom, you know, freedom. And people start thinking, think, yeah, that's my objective, freedom. As a Christian, I'm free from my sins. And a lot of that is so true. But then we start talking about boundaries. God's best for one's life. He he wants you to live within these boundaries so that he can bless you. And so freedom and boundaries. What we've seen so far is this. In the church in Corinth, we've seen freedom without boundaries leads to destruction. And we see that boundaries without freedom lead to destruction. So what to do? Watch this. Paul says there's a third option, and he writes to both the church in Corinth and Galatians and tells them each about the third option. Do you know what it is? Watch this. Freedom within boundaries. Can I get you to say that out loud and together with me? It's, I want you to remember that forever, all right? Freedom within boundaries. Had people out in the lobby last night coming up to me and saying, freedom within boundaries. That's the way that I'm going to live. Freedom within boundaries. Now, let, let just, just, let's go over to a meeting of the City Council at Niagara Falls, Ontario. Niagara Falls City Council, let's pretend that they are meeting because they've got so many people falling into the falls. Injury and death are happening. Some of them, it's because they're taking selfies and they're leaning over too far, you know, and <laughs> caplash, there they go. But let's say there's a, a canoe company renting canoes just above the falls. And people are renting. Them. Well, they're free, enterprise free. They're free to you know just go ahead and start a business. But they, let, let, let's say that someone has a beach opened up for people go swimming out there in that current. There's even a diving board right above you know where, right? There, there's, there's a... American that's come up from the States, and he started, you know, a, a, a tightrope, a walker. Walk, well, just, sir, let him in. And then, so the city council is meeting because so many people are, it's damage, it's death. What are we going to do? Three proposals are put on the table. Here's the first one. The first proposal is, let's build a, let's build a hospital with a big morgue at the bottom of the falls. That way, whether they fall off the tightrope or their canoe crashes or they end up at the bottom with, their, with or without a bathing suit, you know, whatever, just we're, we're, we're there for them. We're there for them. We, we can help them out. It, it's called the Corinthian solution. It's freedom without boundaries. Just to help out when people get messed up and we're all messed up. You know, it's just sort of their view. Now, there's proposal number two, though. Proposal number two is let's build a great big high fence it'll block out the falls but let's build a big fence and get the mexicans to pay for it but anyway let's build let's build a big big fence the problem with this of course is it blocks out the view of niagara falls uh how many know it's sponsored by what church the galatian church all right because they want boundaries but they it's not boundaries that allow you to be free to, you know, how many understand Niagara Falls? That's what Niagara Falls is all about, is being able to experience the falls. Paul said to the Galatians, you're cutting yourself off. Who cut in on you? He said, you don't, you're not even heading towards, you're going to be able to see grace and the gospel and the freedom of Jesus. Okay, so there's a third proposal at the uh, Niagara Falls City Council meeting, and it is, uh, provide boundaries around the best viewing locations, boundaries that will keep people safe while providing them with the very best views of the falls. In other words, watch this now, freedom within boundaries. Say it with me, freedom within boundaries. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthians about, is saying that's the best way. It, it, you, you know, this freedom without boundaries is not, it's, you're going to implode, people. Here's freedom, but have it within these boundaries. And then he writes to the Galatians and he says, You guys, you're going to choke out Jesus and the gospel and grace. You're going to go back to the old law. Do not be entangled again with that yoke of slavery. Stand fast in the freedom wherein Christ has made you free. But have this this freedom within boundaries. And it's the same for you. It's the same for me. You see, you could have been parented by somebody very authoritative and maybe it was legalistic. You could have grown up in a home that was very permissive and maybe they even neglected you. So where are you going to put your boundaries? How do you react when you talk about freedom and boundaries what comes here we got all kinds of different ideas in this room how about we look at what the apostle paul wrote to the christians in galatians and corinthians two polarized extremes and he says these four boundaries will work for both of you okay he gives them the same boundaries so no matter what kind of background you come from these four boundaries are the best way forward for you and the first one First boundary to be reset in your life is this is to say does it have a healthy outcome you know when i go to say something think something do something some activity some behavior some decision about the future first question ask what's the outcome is this going to have a healthy outcome paul writes to the christians in corinth and he says it this way he says everything's permissible for me i'm free I can do whatever. Everything is permissible for me, but I have this boundary. Not everything is, say it with me, not everything's beneficial. Not everything's good for me. So I'm free to do all kinds of things, but I have to stop and say, here's a boundary. Is this good for me? Is this good for me? What is the outcome? Emotionally? uh, Relationally? Mentally? Physically? What's its impact going to be on my life? Life And, you know, people can play mind games. You know, you can tell people one thing, and they'll take a verse out of context, or or it's like this lady that went to a counselor, and uh, they were talking about, you know, her needing to be more free and all of this, and she came back from that. She says, my therapist told me the way to achieve true inner freedom is to finish what I start. So far today, I've finished two bags of chips and a chocolate cake, you know what I'm saying? It's just, people can just take something and then just rationalize it and pervert it and twist it around so that they just do what they want. I mean, is it good for me? Go back to that first point there, is, does it have a healthy outcome? You know, we're, we're told that uh, this summer that pot will be legal in Canada. So, you know, especially young people, you got to think this. you just got to do what makes sense here. Just because, and we already see pot stores opening up in the, in the area. So we just have to ask, okay, it may be legal, but is it good for me? We need to ask that question. Does it have a healthy outcome? See, that sets a boundary that allows good things to come out. Listen, if you don't have boundaries in your life, you know what? You're going to fall off a cliff. You are. But when you have boundaries, it, just, it, it, it takes you forward into something that is good. Boundary number one, what, what's the outcome? What does this lead to? Does it have a healthy outcome? All right, boundary number two. Here's another boundary just to put into place, to reset this boundary. Will it weaken or strengthen Christ's rule in my life? Is it, if this is going to weaken Christ's rule in my life, I, I, I want to stay clear of that. Paul goes on, and he writes to the same group of Christians in Corinth, and he says says it this way next. He says, everything is permissible for me. I'm free, but I will not be, say it with me, mastered by anything. Not going to be controlled. Not going to go in a direction in my life where I do something that ends up having control over me. He writes to the Galatians, and he says, Do not be entangled again with the yoke of slavery. There's just something that imprisons us. If we just sort of say, well, I, I can do whatever I want. But if it weakens Christ's rule in my life, that's, that's dangerous. All right, let me give some very practical examples here. What about words? I can say whatever I want. Have you ever had someone give you a piece of their mind, and it was pretty obvious that it, they couldn't afford to give that away? Anyway, it just, just some people, just, they just blurt it out. I can just say whatever I want. I'm free, aren't I? It's a free country. You know, just let it all out. I'm free to lie. I'm free to gossip. I'm free to falsely accuse. I'm free to slander. I can Twitter it out anytime I want, no, anyway, so what's the problem? When someone does that, how many want to hang out with that person? How many, how many really trust that person? How many really want to get close? No, because we know that the person who gossips to us will gossip about us. The person who lies to us will lie about us. And so you don't trust them. Watch this. They're free, but they end up alienated. They're imprisoned. They've imprisoned themselves. No one trusts them. No one wants to get close to them because they don't trust them. Now watch this. Let's just put one boundary. There's lots of boundaries for our words in the Bible. Let's just put one boundary in place. Speak only what is helpful in building up others. That's a boundary Paul You imagine if you only spoke what was helpful in building up others, how many know you sure wouldn't lie to them? You wouldn't slander them because that's not helping them. That's not constructive. Do you see what I'm saying? It's amazing how Freedom is at its best when it has boundaries. Let's take money. Wasn't that an exceptional teaching, especially on the concept of money that Pastor Jonathan gave us last weekend? Just the whole concept, just changing our thinking about the tithe and God and trust and that whole thing. It was just great. But, you know, if someone just says, yeah, I know what the Bible says, but I'm free to do whatever I want with my money. I'm free to spend on whatever I want. I want this, I'm buying that, that's on sale. I'm buying that, it's not on sale, I'm getting it anyway, because I want it now. If someone has that view, you know, well, it says 12 easy payments. <laughs> Have you ever had an easy payment? You know buy now pay later and you've heard me say before maybe a couple of times over the years buy now pay later but who's there to bail you out when it comes time to pay when later arrives and you don't have the money how many who's there to help you nobody you know (laughs) see where do you end up I'm free to do whatever I want with my money but where do you end up with no Money, no freedom to do anything. Watch this now. Put one boundary in place, and watch how it frees you up with your money. Stewardship. What we learned last week in stewardship. Trusting God, following his plan for our finances. Stewardship. It just frees up your finances. Here's an easy one. Health. When it comes to food. Well, you say, that's an easy one. Because if I just eat whatever I want, whenever I want, how many know I'm going to have health problems? That's an easy one to figure out. Do you understand that what we are seeing here is that freedom can actually lead to slavery? And Paul writes to the Galatians, he says, It was for freedom that Christ has made you free. Do not be entangled again with the yoke of slavery. Don't let it happen. Freedom without boundaries leads to slavery. Slavery. In other words, here's another way to say it, freedom without boundaries leads to loss of freedom. You're going for freedom, and you end up losing the very thing that you were going for. Freedom is a lousy objective, as we're going to see in a few moments. One more example that we can maybe all identify with, and that is time. I'm free to do whatever I want with my time. How many are looking forward to the summer? vacation time, you know, I'm free to do whatever I want, no boundaries. One researcher told about giving their students a blank sheet of paper, each of them had a blank sheet of paper, and the instructions were this, you can put anything on that paper that you want, anything you want. If you don't want to put anything on the paper, you're free to not put anything on the paper. You're free to do anything you want. They had the capacity, They had the tools to do it. A lot of blank papers were turned in. A lot of silly things were turned in that didn't really do a whole lot in terms of creativity or beauty or productivity. same teacher gave the same students a blank piece of paper, the same writing instrument, and said, all right, I want you to put something on the paper according to this topic. She gave them a topic to work with. As soon as she gave them a topic, the creative juices started to uh, kick in. And they began to put stuff on, on that topic. Pictures and little quotes and writings. And when they, when they were turned in, it was so helpful. It was so good. interesting that freedom without boundaries leads to a blank. But freedom within boundaries. You just give someone freedom to do something, but you give them a topic. You get the boundary to work with. Suddenly, they're, 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 they're productive. What is the boundary that Jesus gave? Well, one of them that he gave regarding our time. What about fruitful? I want you to bear fruit that will last. Be fruitful. Use your time to be fruitful. And as soon as you have that boundary, you're thinking, Oh, I can make good use of this time. I can get something done here. So it doesn't matter whether it's our words, money, food, time any area of my life, what leads to maximum freedom is when I say, Jesus, what do you want to do in this area of my life? He knows what's best. What would this area of my life look like if I brought it under your rulership? All right, so that's boundary number two, whether it strengthen or weaken. Christ's rulership in my life. We've already seen the boundary number one is what what brings about the best outcome in my life. All right, here's boundary reset number three. What is the impact on others? Okay, so far we've been talking about the impact on myself mainly. Now we're looking at what is the impact on others. Paul writes and he says this. He says you. He's talking to the Galatians now. You, my brothers and sisters, you're called to be free. But do not, now here's a key word. What's this word? Do not? Let's stop here long enough because now I'm going to address that whole thing about, you know how, how many ever saw Braveheart? Freedom! That's the goal. Freedom. Listen to me. Freedom is not a goal. Freedom is a tool. Freedom is a tool that you use in your life. The goal is something much larger than than your freedom. We're going to see what it is. It's going to come up in this verse in just a moment. But, he, but notice he says, use your freedom. Use your freedom. But don't use it to mess up your life. Don't use it to indulge your selfishness. Rather, serve one another humbly in. That's your goal. How many understand Jesus says the biggest goal that you have for your life is love? It's what he did for us. Remember, someone asked him, what's the most important commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, your mind, your strength. He said, the second one is right up there with the first. Love your neighbor as, yeah. So he just says, for the entire law is fulfilled. This is what Paul says to the Christians in Galatia, exactly what Jesus had said. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Forget all the 10 commandments, he says. Love your neighbor as yourself. We, we talked the weekend about marriage. Remember, you have to have a healthy, unselfish love of self in order to have a relationship with someone else. It, it, it's, it's an essential. It's critical. But he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love is our objective, not freedom. Love is. You say, well, how can someone fulfill all of the commands, all the Ten Commandments, How can you reduce all ten commandments? Do not lie. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. Do not not covet. How can you reduce them all to one? Well, watch this. If you really love someone, remember love is sacrificing to bring about God's best in another person. That's what love is. That's what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross, right? He sacrificed his self to bring about God's best for us so we could be forgiven and have eternal life. So if that's what love is, watch this. If I really love you, will I lie to you? If I really love you, will I steal from you? If I love you, will I be sexually unfaithful with you? If I really love you, will I covet what you have? Will I not want you to have good? I want that just for myself. Do you see that? How many understand when you love someone, it takes care of all the other commandments? See, it's just, They're all reduced. If, if I really, truly love, I'm not going to be doing anything that hurts or damages other people. What is the impact on others? Now, a really big deal for first century Christians was this. Do you or do you not eat meat that was offered to a false god, an idol? This was a big deal. Because you could go into the grocery stores in the first century, especially you went to a grocery store in Corinth, almost all the meat was offered to an idol. And then after it was offered to an idol, it was put up for sale. There's no kosher department in the grocery store. Do you know what I'm saying? Where you say, well, that that, might, that meat's all, all right to eat. And so it was a big deal. And, and it was a, a conflict. And it, it was a matter of freedom. Because you had people like this who said, Listen, no meat that has been offered to a false God is ever going to pass through these lips. No way. I mean, I am now a temple of the Holy Spirit. I am a child of God. I've had enough to do with the evil one and false gods. No more. Nothing to do with them. No false God. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. I'm certainly not going to eat meat that was offered to any idol or false God. I belong to Jesus. Then you, and you know, I'm glad no one said amen, by the way. Because you got some other Christian in the same church is saying this. I spent enough of my life under the oppression of false gods, undeceived by idols. I spent enough time. I am now a Christian. I have come to know Jesus Christ. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus rulership over everything. I have nothing to do the, the, the false gods, magic bodily gods. They do not matter. It does not matter. Fire up the barbecue. Through the lips, hits the gums, look out stomach, here it comes. You know what I'm saying? Just bring it on. Any kind of meat. I'm not under that kind of a bondage anymore. I'm free as a Christian. Now, both views are valid. Paul says, you know, it doesn't bother me to eat food offered to idols. uh, I'm free in Christ. But then he goes on to say this. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 10, 8, 13. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause them to fall. He's saying here, he's saying, do you know what? When I make decisions about what I'm going to do, or what I'm going to say, where i'm going with my life i have to say what is the impact if i do this if i say this what is the impact it's going to have on other christians how many know that's a good boundary how does it affect other people all right then he gets into some verses that reinforce that boundary but then he introduces the fourth boundary all right here's the fourth boundary he says, if I take part in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced? Because of something I thank God for. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, say it with me, do it all for the glory of God. That's the fourth boundary right there. But notice he slips back again into the third boundary. He said, Don't, do not cause anyone to stumble, whether they're Jews, Greeks, or the church of God even as i try to please everyone in every way for i am not seeking my own good but the good of the good of others what's best for the church what's best for other people so that they may be saved you know what he's saying here see the impact on others that's important but also what brings maximum glory to god whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, whatever decisions you make, do all to the glory of God. What brings maximum glory to God? You know, I used to think of boundaries as um, (laughs) just taking away my, I thought of them as restrictions, especially when I was a kid growing up, And how come I don't get to do what other kids get to do? You get to be a little older. How come I can't sexually mess around like the kids at school do? How come I can't do alcohol and drugs so I can damage my life like the other kids do? You know what I'm saying? I just, I didn't like restrictions. I didn't like the boundaries. I saw them as restrictions. How many know, when you're in that state, the grass always looks greener on the other side of the fence. I don't think that way anymore. Maybe it's because I'm a bit older. I saw uh, someone uh, in the earlier service today, and I said, Esther and I are getting away this June, going to Ireland for our 40th anniversary. And they looked at me and they said, how old were you when you got married? You know? So anyway, we were 13 and 14. I don't recommend it, but... If you're visiting or new here, that was a lie, you know? <laughs> but you know, when, you're, when you've been around longer, you sort of see the consequences of decisions that people make in their lives. And you see those people that maybe you went to school with teenagers, and you see them, you see where their lives turned out, because they wanted freedom without boundaries. And I had the privilege of growing up in a home where I and went to a church where I learned that God had boundaries because he didn't want us to mess up our lives. It's ironic that those who went for freedom I'm free to do whatever I want, to have relationships and do money how I want. I'm i free to do whatever I want. They're the ones that messed, out, messed their lives up the most. And those that chose to have freedom within boundaries are those that things have turned out. They've had their challenges, they had their sorrows, you know, the rainfalls and the just and the unjust. They have had their problems. But, you know, they have God in their lives and they they have good things happening in their lives that they give the Lord glory for. Whatever I do, may I do it all to the glory of God. Lord, what? I go to say something, do something, decide something for my future. Okay, hold on here. Here's another boundary. God What is the way to bring maximum glory to you? Can I invite all of the communion servers just to go out to and out there in the lobby at the screens? You'll be able to watch this final illustration about a fence. Just head out to right now to service communion. Thank you for your help. Uh, When Esther and I uh, lived in Edmonton, we bought this house in a newer area. So nobody had any fences up. You didn't know where the boundaries were. We had two preschool age boys. Who loved being outside. The problem was, as soon as they got outside, they didn't know where the boundaries were and so they'd go over. I mean, they, there's the street there. We lived almost on a second in from a corner and there were streets on both sides that they could just walk across the grass and be hit by a car. I mean, there are people around. It doesn't happen often, but it, it does happen where someone steals or nabs your child. I mean, so many things could go wrong, not to mention that the neighbor over on this side had planted a garden. Our boys thought that garden was a great idea, you know, just to go there and and just... One of the deacons in our church, and when I was on my sabbatical, I sent notes to people that had done such kind things for us over the years, and one of them was to him a deacon in our church in Edmonton who rallied a bunch of the men together, contractors, all kinds of carpenters, construction In one day, they got the posts in the ground cemented in and put boards up on the... Uh, they built us a boundary around our backyard. Do you know what happened? Right away, three things happened. Let me give you three words. Um, one was safety. The other was usefulness. The other was creativity. There was Safety. Esther, she looking out from the kitchen window. She could see the boys. We didn't always have to be out there with them. They, they, they had so much freedom to just run around and do stuff within the boundaries. Um, what was the other word I said? Yeah, help me out a little louder. No, no, creativity we're coming to. There's another word, usefulness. You're not listening. Usefulness. 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 Listen, I built stuff in that backyard I never would have built if there weren't a fence there. I built the boys, the mother of all sandboxes. It was just huge. It went down deep. And I I built Esther a garden on the other side. It was way... It seemed to be way out there, but as soon as you put a boundary, man, that's our property too. I put a swing set out there in the backyard, bought one at a grass sale, put it up for the kids. I mean, we had usefulness. Now, what was the third thing? Creativity. Thank you for remembering. We were able to be creative. The boys had so much. We weren't worrying about their safety anymore. They could get out there and do all kinds of things because they were safe. Creativity within the boundaries. What am I saying? I'm saying this. Because we put up boundaries, suddenly our children were able to run free. That's what Paul is trying to say to the Galatians and the Corinthians. He said, listen, your 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 freedom without boundaries, Corinthians, that hasn't worked for you. you you're, you're destroying the church and you're destroying your lives. And that's not even the gospel of Jesus. And he's saying, you Galatians, your boundaries without freedom are leading to such legalism and turning on each other. You're destroying yourselves, the church. And it's not in to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says the, the answer is not freedom, with, freedom and without boundaries and boundaries without freedom. The answer is, help me out with it, the answer is ba- freedom within boundaries. Freedom within boundaries. The boundaries. So what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? If if, if you have come from a background, parentally, or church culture-wise, where it was all just free to do whatever you want, how many already say, do you know what? That's not what's gonna dictate how I'm gonna do freedom and boundaries. I'm gonna do my freedom and boundaries according to what Scripture and Jesus say that is best for me going forward. You need to do a boundary reset this morning. And if, you're, if you've all been about, you know, rigidity and rules and regulations and fear and just choking yourself, you need to just get a life. You need to just free yourself up and say, here's the boundaries. Because the boundaries are all about love. If I love the Lord, and I love people, and I love myself unselfishly, I'll have the best boundaries in my life going forward. Do you see that? See, see, I've learned this. The grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. The grass is greener where you water it. Can I invite you to pray with me and water? (laughs) Reset some boundaries while we're praying. Just say, going forward, Lord, this is where I'm going to go. With these decisions, with my words, with my actions, with my entertainment, with my behavior, with my, with my family. This is where I'm going. I'm gonna water the good freedom that you have for me within the boundaries that you have for me. Let's pray about this together. Lord, thank you for just the clarity and the freedom that comes when we look at what you are really saying to us in the Bible. Thank you for loving us enough as your freedom to provide boundaries that will will let us run free as your children and enjoy so much of what you have for us. Lord, whether we came into this service with a life that was uh, leaning towards or shaped by legalism or leaning to or shaped by permissiveness, we we don't want to leave here with either. We want to leave here to live lives that are within the boundaries that you have for your children. So right now we examine our words, our money, our sexuality, our time, our activities, our relationships, our thinking, our attitudes to others, and we just say, we just take the and we reset the boundaries. We put boundaries in place, healthy boundaries that will have healthy outcomes. We say we, we... We surrender all of these areas of our life to your rulership, Jesus. And we consider what what the words we say, activities, the choices we make, what's the impact we're going to have on others? And Lord, most of all, what would bring maximum glory to you? So we choose those boundaries, Lord. Thank you for all the people in this room, upstairs and downstairs, that right now are resetting boundaries. All their future is going to be so much better, so much freer, because of this boundary reset this morning. So thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Make sure you don't miss a message by subscribing to this podcast. All creative content and production for this podcast is provided by the One Church Creative Team.